This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my adorable service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject. You guys know that, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be visiting with three guests and we're welcoming April Geddes from Midnight Sun Service Dogs in Alaska. And we're also welcoming two members of the Alaska Air National Guard's 212th Rescue Squadron, Major Brock Roden and Major John Romsburg. And they're going to visit with us today about the work that they're doing with some pretty special dogs. Um, one of them in particular we're going to be talking about is Tommel, a chocolate lab who joined their squadron and is working as a facility dog. And they're going to talk about his work and the other jobs that he's performing in the line of duty. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome all of our guests to the show. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Do you own a pet care business? Do you need help training and retaining your staff? Fetch Find Monthly Pro is the perfect platform for you. Fetch Find Monthly Pro is a monthly subscription with unlimited users, no contracts, and fresh content every week. With increased employee engagement, higher customer satisfaction, and lower risk and liability, Fetch Find Monthly Pro pays for itself. And you can completely customize the training materials based on your company's needs. Head over to www.fetchfind.com to learn more and subscribe today. That's F-E-T-C-H-F-I-N-D dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello, April, Major Romsford, and Major Roden to the show. We're so glad all three of you could be with us today. Thank you for well, having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So yeah, we thanks got, for having us. Yeah, we're so excited that all you guys could be with us from Alaska. And I, I want to start by asking Major Roden, tell us about the Alaska Air National Guard's squadron. What are your duties and mission? What do you guys do? Uh, 212th Rescue Squadron is part of the 176th Wing, and as a group, along with a couple other squadrons, the 210th and 211th, we perform search and rescue for the state of Alaska, working with the 11th Air Force. We have lots of Air Force military planes and jets that fly in the airspace here, and it's such a large geographic area with minimal amount of roads. So one of our primary duties is here to do search and rescue. Wow. So tell us about your training in order to do search and rescue. Tell us a little bit more about that. What does that mean? What kind of environment, what kind of tasks do you have to perform? Are you jumping out of airplanes? Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're the folks that ride in the in the back of the airplanes or any other vehicle for that matter that can get us to 
an injured person or someone who's lost uh, surviving out in the wilderness of Alaska. So we'll get there by any means necessary. That includes all the training necessary for, as you mentioned, jumping out of airplanes. We do we do actually perform uh, free fall and static line parachute operations here to get to the injured folks out in the wilderness. We also ride in the back of helicopters and we can do, we can insert from the helicopter air landing. We can do hoist and uh, we also do the same things into the water. We have a pretty large tool bag of, of different kits and tools that we can utilize to get there. But in the end, it's all about getting to that patient or the survivor to be able to give them life support, either medicine or you know, warmth and clothing and shelter. Wow. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. And Bert, why don't you add a little bit on the training that involves in that? Yeah. So um, Major yeah. Romsbert, do you want to add to that, please? Sure. Roughly, it's a two-year training pipeline where we go through a multitude of schools from scuba school to jump school to survival school to some of us will go to a paramedic course where others go to command and control type courses. And then once we get all our courses done, we combine them all, do it all together, and then we come out into the field to our respective units to continue on training and preparing to to rescue isolated personnel from the environment. Wow. So you guys really do the work that we see in the movies. Wow. That's really, that's exciting work that you guys are doing. So tell us, Major Roden, how did you meet April and how did you think about adding a dog to your squadron? Well, met April because she is married to our former group and wing commander. So that was kind of an easy tie-in. That was a good uh, connection. (laughs) That was a great connection. And it just so happened that uh, her work with the Midnight Sun Service Dog was a perfect venue for us to search into that. And I'm not April could probably fill in the details a little bit better. I think she was working with our former senior officer, PJ Chief Bear, about uh, bringing up the idea of bringing the service animal into the squadron. April, do you got anything to add to that? Yeah, tell us, April. I approached Chief Bear and my husband about placing a service dog with the 212th Rescue Squadron because not only do they do rescue, search and rescue in the state of Alaska, but they have one of the highest deployment rotations for squadrons in this country. So they also deploy out of country, do their wonderful work downrange. So obviously they see a lot, they go through a lot, and we wanted to be able to give another tool for them to utilize to help combat any type of PTSD or any other medical conditions that they themselves may be going through. So it made sense to start placing PTSD service dogs in with the squadrons to give them the tools that they need to learn how to live with whatever it is that they're dealing with once they get out of the military. It's a preemptive strike, I guess you would say. Wow. And, and so, so April, your organization is Midnight Sun Service Dogs, right? Yes, ma'am. And tell us about that. So tell us about the work that you do there, because it does. It sounds like a wonderful fit for what you guys have accomplished. So tell us about your organization. Midnight Sun Service Dogs came about, we started September 22nd, 2011, and I started the program as a nonprofit right after I trained my own service dog to deal with my own PTSD, and I wanted to find a way to give back. I was never able to serve in the military because of my own medical issues, but I always supported them, and I wanted to find some way to say thank you. So I started training service dogs. For our military members and our veterans, we've placed just over 600 dogs to date 
Tommel is the first dog that we have in with a an active duty squadron. We are different from other organizations as we don't train the dogs and then place them. We actually have the individual come into our program and train a dog all the way through the process. That gives them pay-in to help with their own medical needs. It creates a better bond for the dog and the veteran, and it really sets us up to have that 98% success rate that we have with our service dogs. How long is that training? So when you bring him in, how old is the dog? Because that is a really unique approach. Would love to hear more about that. When you bring a person and a dog in, how do you match them? So when we do the application process, we do a breed profile, and that includes questions about the lifestyle, where they live, if they travel, where they want to be five years from now. And we pick the perfect breed for their lifestyle and their disability. And once we find the dog, usually the dogs come in as puppies, usually no no older than four to six months old. And once we find that perfect match for the human and the dog, the program can take about two years. Now, I do want to stress that with our program, we are 100% volunteer. There's not a single paid staff anywhere in our organization. And everything we do is free of charge to our clients. Wow, that's beautiful. My goodness, that's unusual, April. You know, most programs, it's so much work that goes into these animals. So it's unique for it to be all volunteer. So I really commend you for that. Wow. So how did you, I hear the connection that you had an in. So you, so you definitely had, had an opportunity that, and also that he could witness what I'm sure your dog was doing for you. So how did you make the connection to start working with Major Roden and Major Romsford and, and start because both of them are they both handlers of Tommel? Yes, they're both handlers. They are the main handlers of Tommel and they oversee when somebody else in the squadron needs to take Tommel out or just wants to take Tommel out for a day or for a few days. So they all have created a great system so everybody gets the benefits of Tommel. And later on, I'll let John and Brock talk about how they utilize Tommel over in Bagram. And Tommel not only helped the squadron, but helps pretty much everybody on base. But the way that we came about with Tommel for the squadron is we had a family out of Virginia donate a litter of five chocolate labs to us in memory of their nephew who was stationed at J-Bear, who was medboarded out for PTSD and he committed suicide. And they wanted to be able to make sure that that did not happen again. And we're doing everything we can to bring that number 22 that you hear on a daily basis of 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We want to bring that down. And I brought all of the dogs into the squadron for the members to meet the dogs. And I just kept talking to them about what a great asset this would be. They really did look at me the first time like I was a crazy dog lady. But then <laughs> then they they got to see how the dog was affecting everybody. And Tomo is the one puppy that stuck out in the crowd that really paid attention to each of the handlers. And when you're training a service dog for many people, it has to have a very unique set of qualities to it. Yeah. And that yeah. was Tomo. 
And Tamil stands for That Others May Live. And that is the slogan for the 212 Rescue Squadron. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I wanted to ask you if there was any meaning behind Tamil. Well, Major Romspert, tell us about how you and Major Roden were trained to handle Tamil and how you guys got hooked into working with Tamil. So, uh, you know, as, as we, we heard in, in April led into, we brought Tommel into the squadron and one of our uh, pararescuemen, Bobby Schnell, actually took the brunt of, of the puppy time with Tommel and working with all the basic commands, the training to, to get him to where, you know, he needed to be to start moving into more of the advanced training. But uh, once I came back in the squadron from the rescue coordination center, just with everybody heading out the door to go overseas, I kind of started working with April, started getting more involved with Tommel. And then she began, you know, a couple of days a week, she would come into our squadron and bring dogs and train myself and uh, and Brock. We'd also meet her in, in town at local areas, Lowe's or, or Home Depot or the places, you know, that are extremely dog friendly. And we started running through courses. And then as, you know, I would have time with Tommel at the house, April's always on speed dial anyway, but <laughs> he would do something and I'm shooting a text. Tom just did this. What do I do? You know, she would come back or, you know, she'd ask me questions. Well, how did he do it? You know, explain it, create the scenario. Okay, do this. You know, it, it was a constant two-way communication, sometimes several times a day. And sometimes I could go a couple of days without a question. But, uh, and then the same thing, myself and Brock would have open communication, like, hey, Tom was doing this, or what do you think about this? You know, we would work it out together from both our classes and time with April. And That's awesome. That's so great. And wow, that you had her on speed dial. That was so nice to have that kind of hands-on and that kind of access to a trainer like that. That's so cool. Well, Major Roden, tell us about Tom's job description. What are those formal job duties? Because it sounds like he wears a couple of different hats, like most of us do, right, in our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he's definitely has a pretty big responsibility. I think the probably the overarching responsibility or the reason why we have him here is to help our, our members, our, our PJs, Crows, and other operators with dealing with combat fatigue is kind of our overarching term with stresses of the job and the work life whether it's just a high operations tempo where we're just going, going, going back to back or whether it's just the duties out in the field. For example, here in Alaska, it's a really unique situation for like for a combat situation. You know, we're going there where we know that we're going to be very likely to see some, some pretty nasty things that, that nobody likes to see. But like, you know, you're walking into that situation. It's different back here at home when you're home with your family and you might get called in to go do a mission. And this happened to one of our members recently. He had to, he had to go out and he got called out from his family, his wife and kids to go out on a mission and had to end up dealing with a, a deceased teenager that had a, it was a pretty traumatic injury. And, and then hours back in bed with his wife and kids, you know, and it's just a really interesting situation. So we encounter some of these stresses and, and it can just weigh on you over time. So that's one of his responsibilities is to spend time with the members, get to know our baseline, you know, what we operate at a normal level. And then, and once he gets to realize our baseline and understand us from there, he can notice the when we're not in baseline, when, when we start feeling maybe a little stressed out or what have you, and, and he can distract us and give us a little bit of attention to kind of bring us out of that mode. That's so wonderful. Well, we are going to take just a quick 
couple seconds break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. But we have so much more to talk about with our guests today of April Geddes, Major Romsford, and Major Roden from Alaska Air National Guard's 212th Rescue Squadron. So come right back after these quick messages as we continue to hear all the exciting work that they're doing up in Alaska. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. You think that you're rescuing them, but honestly, they're going to end up rescuing you. You don't know what they've gone through, and they're not going to be perfect. And they are so happy that you are taking a chance on them to be a part of your family. I urge you to go down to your local shelters, pounds, dog rescues, foundations, you name it, and rescue a dog. Once you get your rescue dog, you should definitely order some Dinovite. Go online and order it. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. <laughs> Dinovite. It's awesome stuff. 90 days of Dinovite will make your dog a happy dog. It will help them with their overall health. You don't need to spend thousands on vet bills. Dinovite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) Call 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we have three amazing guests today. We're visiting with April Geddes, Major Romsford, and Major Roden from the Alaska Air National Guard's 212th Rescue Squadron. And before the break, we were talking about Tommel's job description. And I wanted to continue that conversation, but ask you, Major Romsford, what are some of your thoughts and observations about the work that Tommel's been doing specifically? Well, so when we first got Tommel, you know, and you hear about all these service dogs and all the training and you figure it's going to be a long time before he even does or, or does what he's supposed to do or, and uh, how do I know what he's doing, what he's doing. And, but then I was amazed because it was, he was only nine months old, right? yep, roughly nine months, you can correct me if I was wrong, April, but uh, I ended up bringing Tommel home and I had just gotten some, some horrible news about my mom and my wife came home from work and then watched the process out of not even being caught the first thing. Tomo went right up to my wife and uh, leaned up against her and put his, his head on her, the inside of her leg. And then she kind of acknowledged him. Tomo looked her in the face and just climbed right up into her lap, which he's never done before and he's not really supposed to do anyway. But all of a sudden we went with it. And then as soon as my wife calmed down to a point of, you know, lowering her stress, Tomo just laid there in her lap for the next 30 minutes and didn't move until, you know, she had reached a better state. So, of course, like I said earlier, I'm on the phone with April. And, uh, you know, I was, I was upset anyway, but I still had to wherewithal. I took some pictures and sent them to, to April as well. And we were able to see that Tom had learned that tactile stimulation. And once I got that cue of, of what he was doing, we were able to bring that back into the work environment. And I was watching how he would act with the guys, the way he would, guys he wouldn't normally interact with, that he would actually lean up against or he would touch, you know, and that, that provided us as a cue, especially for myself and Brock in leadership positions that 
hey, this guy isn't where he needs to be. And along that same line, we had another individual who had injured himself pretty bad and in the end of January, and he's finally now getting to the point where he's off crutches or, or aids to walk. And uh, we sent Tomlin with him. And just watching, at first, he didn't want anything to do with Tomlin. He's like, what's this, this dog going to do for me? But after, what, did he have him for three weeks, Brock? Roughly? No, I think he had him closer to two months. But yeah, but by the end, you know, I was talking to him. He said, you know, how are, how are you doing? He's like, you know, Tom was really helping me. You know, having that, that companion that's right there for him to, to be able to absorb that stress that when, you know, the individual needed something, Tom was just right there, you know. He'd go against his leg. He'd wait for him in his locker, follow him around the building, you know, to help this guy through that time. It, it's incredible. That's so, so wonderful. He, yeah, a, and... He's a busy dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, until you see a dog in action like that, it is hard to understand and to really get your head around how incredibly sensitive and aware they are and how quick they are to respond. It's just, it's amazing. It's nothing short of miraculous. Yeah. So, so you said that Tommel's really busy. So are you guys thinking about adding any other dogs to your squadron? Is that what you <laughs> I was going to say, which one of you wants to answer that? April, you're welcome to if you want to jump in, because I'm guessing you probably have some influence in that. We are in the process of placing a dog or matching a dog with the two tenths, which is a part of the 176 swing, and they are the major rom sport can oh, explain huh. better the connection. That's the squadron that flies the HA60 Hayfall helicopter. Ah, so they're getting, so you're, you're in the process of it right now? Yes, they are. And then we have two organizations or two companies outside of Alaska that will be receiving service dogs as well. And uh, one of them is a Hilo group and another one is a Green Beret unit. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and so you guys mentioned earlier that Tommel has done some deployment outside of the United States. Major Roden, can you tell us about some of the deployments that Tommel has participated in and what his role was? Sure, yeah. His, he went along with us on our recent deployment to Afghanistan and earlier of this year in 2017. And his role was initially the intent was the same that he does here, be over there for the team, be able to provide that tactile simulation. And once we brought him over there, we found out that he provided a lot more than what we thought he was going to be there for. So on top of his normal duties, like we said, he carries multiple, he wears multiple hats. He, he was doing those duties as well as when we, what we noticed with, uh, some of our higher leadership that approves, that, you know, approves or denies kind of what we do day in and day out. Initially, when we were going to these meetings, there was, uh, there was some, I, I guess, some pushback with some of the things that we were wanting to do. And it was kind of the, the relationship felt a little tense at first. And then it just so happened that we brought Tom to one of these meetings. And as soon as he came into the room, all that tension just was cut away and, and our leadership was really excited about him being there. And then all of a sudden, we started getting approval for doing the things we wanted to do. So it was really amazing. Uh, and, you know, alter and cut the tension in those situations to where like, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, we don't have to be so tense. And, you know, and, and he, just, he just has a natural knack for that. Uh, another situation was 
our deputy wing commander over there, her parents, I can't remember the exact situation, but basically one of her parents got real sick, and so she had to take emergency leave to go back to the States. And uh, upon her return, after she was there visiting them, you know, she was she was having some, you know, she was just very emotional about it all and her parents and their state of health. And so we allowed her, you know, with a little bit of kind of initial training, we allowed her to take Tama home with her for a couple of nights. And uh, she said that that really helped her out a lot, kind of the same stuff that Bert was talking about with his wife. I mean, just being able to have that companionship and that uh, that touch and everything. So it really added to a lot more to bringing him over there than we originally thought. Wow. With the effects that he had on other people there. Yeah, I know it's just a ripple effect, right, of everybody he comes into contact with. He has such a positive yep. impact. Yep, yep. It's amazing. It's so beautiful to see that. Well, I want to ask you guys, how do you think Tommel has changed your work? And Major Romsford, I'll start with you. How do you think he's changed the work environment and how you do your job? Yeah. First, if I may add this, you know, to, to thank all our leadership. We joke about using Tommel to, to get what we want, <laughs> but without leadership allowing us to have the service animal in our squadron, because the military has strict rules on animals inside a squadron facility. So, you know, with April's patience and knowledge and our leadership, we're able to do this legally to improve our squadron and the welfare of our guys, because Tom was a great addition to our, what we call the POTIF program, which stands for Preservation of the Force and Family. This is where we're taking a combined effort to look at not only the, the physical welfare of our, our guys, but the mental and spiritual welfare of them as well to create balance and, and to keep these young operators not only operating through a 20-plus year career, but once they finish doing what they're doing and seeing what they've seen over decades, they can leave the military and, and lead productive lives and not be you know, adversely affected by what they did. So as Tomo in our squadron, one, he reduces the stress. I mean, immediately, as we've talked about, you come in in this big monster chocolate lab <laughs> hanging out, you know, with a, with a toy saying, hey, you need to play with me. I'm ready to play because you need it too. And, uh, you know, and that gives the guys a break just to play fetch. As a leader, it's made me more aware, you know, I now have a tool to assess guys. You know, normally you go up to a young 22, 24-year-old PJ, and you're like, hey, man, how you doing? That was a pretty rough mission. Oh, I'm fine, sir. I'm okay. Or he's, he may be, or he may be just lying through his teeth, and he hasn't processed it or, or not exactly sure what to do. But now I have Tommel, and when I introduce Tommel to the situation, I have clues, you know. When he starts alerting, if, you know, the guy, he normally listens to the guy, and he's not obeying the commands from that guy, I'm like, ooh, Tommel's on to something. So I can... I can push a little deeper or, you know, I can use it. Oh, hey, why don't you take Tom home for the next couple of days? And then you can see the change. So one, it increases guys' responsibilities, which is good. Two, it's a tool that we can use. It's so in tune, as, as everybody knows, these service animals see, smell, and, and send things that we would never pick up on our own. And it, it's just fantastic. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. And I'm sure that your leadership is aware of that. And I appreciate your words about them. And I'm sure that they're seeing exactly what you guys are seeing, the benefits and the impact that Tommel is having in your very stressful environment. And I'm sure how could they not be supportive of that? Because it makes their job easier and more effective when exactly, as you said, as as they're, you're providing that mental and spiritual welfare support in a very positive way that's, that's very 
very, you know, dogs are so honest and they're, you know, it's not invasive, you know, it, or they don't have hidden agendas, right? But dogs are so genuine. Right. So I just love that. So thank you so much for sharing that. And Major Roden, is there anything you want to add to that about how you think Tommel has changed your work and your work environment? Well, I think Bert did a pretty good job wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think you said it all. And so, April, so what are your thoughts? What are, as you've been watching Tommel and now you're working with the other dogs, how have, are you changing anything about how you train Tommel and how you're training the other dogs that are now going to be coming along and being added to the team? There are a few things that we tweaked with our training process. You're always learning when you're training, and you're always looking for new ways to improve the dogs. We do know that when the dogs go on deployment, when they get back, they do need some R&R. They need to decompress after they've you know worked so hard, just like a human. I do want to add to something that Major Romspert said was humans tell stories and dogs don't lie, and that's one of their biggest jobs is to tell the story for the human. And... To elaborate on our leadership, we do have to thank our leadership because the 176th Wing and the Alaska National Guard and Jay Bear, they all were supportive of this and were looking for new innovative ways to take care of our airmen and make sure that they are healthy, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. So thank you, John, for hitting on that point. As a military, we will spend millions of dollars to save our airmen and our soldiers when they're physically injured. But when you have something wrong that you can't see, if there's something going on with you like PTSD, anxiety, combat fatigue, combat stress, they tend to not put that time into it while you are still in the military. And that mind frame has changed. We are now looking to spend equally amount of time to take care of of those that mental fit for the guys so thank you to everybody involved and a big thank you to the 212th rescue squadron because it is not easy to go through this program it's not easy to open up and say hey maybe i am having stress or maybe i do need help with something these guys are the best of the best Their training is so high and so superb that they could have an amputated arm and look at you and say, we're good. Let's go rescue the next person. (laughs) Right. So for Mm -hmm. them to open up and allow me to come in with that dog and for them to take it on and go through that training, you know, they're the real heroes here. They're the ones that are setting the bar high and making sure that everybody, every airman and every soldier that comes behind them will have the same opportunity. I was going to say, the work that you do is so innovative with all the equipment and all the things that you're trained to do, but the work that you're doing um, with the dogs is so innovative. That's exactly it, as April was saying, and, and how you are making such a difference for the future and for future members of your squadron that are coming through to make sure that they can do their job the best that they can and that they have the support that they need. And who deserves a better, adorable chocolate? 
excellent lab to be with and you guys for the stressful work that you're doing. Oh my gosh, it's irresistible. Well, I know our time is coming to an end today, but I want to ask you guys, and, and I guess uh, maybe April, maybe you can answer this. How can our listeners get more information about Tommel, about the program, about Midnight Sun Service Dogs? I'm sure you guys are on social media, so maybe if you could tell us, and I don't know if Major Romsford or Roden, if you guys have different information, but tell us, how can we get more information about you guys? So we do have a Facebook page. It's uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Midnight Sun Service Dogs. We're also on Instagram, and we do have a website, www.midnightsunservicedogs.com. And all of our contact information as far as emails and telephone numbers are on both of those sites. And we also have all of the stories about Tommel on the site. And you can follow him from eight months old, flying first class from Virginia to Alaska, (laughs) all the way up to his deployment and to what he is doing today. Perfect. And do you guys have anything you want to add to that about Alaska Air National Guard or any other information or did April cover it? You know, April covered everything on Tommel, and uh, if people are interested in the the mission of the 212th Rescue Squadron, you can look us up on, uh, we're all across the the World Wide Web, and there's other various websites. If you just put in Guardian Angel or 212th Rescue Squadron in in a search function, that, uh, you know, plenty of information, and they can feel free to contact any of our recruiters if, if they have more interest. Wonderful. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for the work that you're doing, for the service that you're giving to our country. And I mean, all three of you, April included as well, because your contributions are just so hard to try and measure. But the work that you guys are doing every day, thank you so much for that. And for Tommel, please give him a big hug and kiss from me and Lovey. I know Lovey would love to run around and play with him. That would be awesome. <laughs> but thank, thank you guys. so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We'd love to hear from you. So please let's stay connected and you know how to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And keep those emails coming at Marcy, M A R C I E, at petliferadio.com. So thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.